A marvelous Monday to each of you, and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Stop me if you've heard this story before. The Memphis Grizzlies were involved in a blowout loss on a weekend game. Well, this time around, even without John Morant, it was the Grizzlies who were on the winning side of a blowout game on a weekend. On the Grizzlies' best game of the season, why last night showed exactly what the Grizzlies need to do to be successful without John Morant and how Desmond Bain is comparing to his peers so far this season Season on this edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Let's get it going. You are Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman, credentialed media member with the Grizzlies, now covering the Grizzlies for my fourth season. Your host here at Locked On Grizzlies, your Grizzlies every day. Of course, you can find the show at Locked On Grizz on Twitter. Myself at StatsSAC. You can find us here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button below. Let's us know you enjoy the show. Let's others have a better chance of finding the show and also allows for us to be able to know that the show is the best experience it can be for everybody involved. Also, of course, you can find the podcast wherever it's available, free on all platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, that's where we will be. And of course, we also want to remind you of our title sponsor for today's show, Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to the App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And also want to thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. Make sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast for all things around the league, where you, where podcasts are available. Free again on all platforms as well as here on YouTube. So yes, once again, the Grizzlies played in a game that resulted in a blowout on the weekend. And let's be honest, ever since the Grizzlies' second and third game of the season, where they went out to L.A. and played two very competitive games in the opening weekend of the season against both the Clippers and the Lakers, the Grizzlies have very much been an absolute embarrassment on the weekends at times. I believe that since that first weekend up until last night's game, on games on Friday, Saturdays, or Sundays, before last night, the Grizzlies had lost seven straight games, or they were one in seven, and opponents had beat had outscored them by like 175 points over the past four weekends. And this past Friday night perhaps was the most disappointing loss so far of the season. Not only did the Grizzlies get blown out once again, by the Atlanta Hawks in a weekend game, but they also lost John Morant to injury. So how did the Grizzlies respond? A team that has been insistent all season and where John Morant has been the only source of consistency? Naturally, the Grizzlies have their best performance of the season. And that is not hyperbole. That's not me being dramatic or exaggerating. The Grizzlies simultaneously in the first half of last night's game, the first half that they were without John Morant due to his injury, the Grizzlies played both their best offensive half of the game as well as their best defensive half of the season at exactly the same time. Let's look at a few of the numbers. The Grizzlies scored 76 points in the first half. At the end of the first half last night, the score was 76 to 52. 
The Grizzlies scored the third highest amount of first-half points that they've ever scored in franchise history. They had two back-to-back -back quarters of scoring 38 points. The Grizzlies this season so far have scored 38 or more points in only nine of the 80 combined quarters that they have played. And for the second game this season, they did it twice in the same game. So the best offensive first half that we've seen from Memphis all year long, 20 assists, 24 of 35 from the two-point range. 36 total, excuse me, I believe they shot like over 65%, maybe they may not have made 24 attempts, but over 65% on two-point shots. 46 points in the paint and again, 20 assists. The Grizzlies were passing the basketball. They were getting everybody involved, but most importantly, they were consistently finding the high percentage shot that they needed to finish off offensive possessions on a good note. But Memphis also, and even more importantly, played great defense. 52 points. It was only the second time that the Grizzlies had allowed 52 or less points in a first half of a game this season. And a big reason why they were so successful, they were not letting the Kings get into a rhythm at all. They kept running the Kings off the three-point line to where the to where the Kings, who under Alvin Gentry had certainly improved their three-point approach, the Grizzlies did a very good job of preventing the Kings from being able to get into a rhythm when it came to shooting the three. And because of that, the Kings were not able to consistently land shots. And that's why the Grizzlies were able to get the victory. Overall, a 128-101 to victory for the Grizzlies. It was a very good effort from everybody involved. DeAnthony Melton and Brandon Clark were outstanding off the bench. Desmond Bain had another great game. Dylan Brooks was the leading scorer. Jaron Jackson Jr. looked strong once again. The defense overall as a collective unit stepped up and delivered. But it also was a historic game for the Grizzlies as well when it came to their defense. It's only the sixth time in franchise history, that the Grizzlies had, a, had had kept a team below 25% from three while allowing 40 or more three-point attempts in a game. To me, what that says is that the Grizzlies did a very good job. And one of the only, one of the few times this year that this can be said, the Grizzlies did an outstanding job of playing defense to the point that the Kings could not find a look that they liked, so they simply put up a low percentage three. The Grizzlies made that the outcome of several Kings offensive possessions, and that's why the Grizzlies were able to get this victory. The other thing that stands out is that the Grizzlies also did an outstanding job of playing defense without turnovers really being a big part of the equation. I had mentioned on um, Sunday's episode that the Grizzlies getting back to committing turnovers, or excuse me, to forcing turnovers at a high rate would be a big, big benefit to their overall defensive play, having defense turn into offense. Well, last night, they didn't need to do it. They had over 100 shot attempts total, but they were so good at finding their shots in the paint, the Grizzlies really didn't need to rely on you know an, an outstanding amount of fast break points or, or, or turnovers forced or things like that. The offense overall was absolutely outstanding. Again, 30 combined assists. Yes, the Grizzlies were only, only shot 33% from three, but 68 points in the paint. The Grizzlies got back, once again, to doing what this roster naturally does well, and that's getting into the paint and delivering. But of course, above all else, above the overall um, performance and everything else, this Grizzlies team, 
proved to themselves against a team in the Sacramento Kings who are likely on the Grizzlies level right now when it comes to being potential play-in teams in the playoffs this year. The Grizzlies went back to what worked for them without John Morant in the lineup, playing good defense, passing the basketball, and finding success scoring in the paint. It's what led them to victories last year with John Morant out, and it's what's going to lead them to victories now. I'll explain that in just a moment. But of course, I mentioned Prize Picks as being the title sponsor of today's show, and it's the best D DFS prop game on the market. It offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstars players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. All of, all of you that deposit and use your promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code NBA. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Of course, we're talking about the NBA season, which is now more than a month into its season, but we're also looking at the college football season, the regular season at least, now being over for many teams as well as the NFL season getting into the home stretch. Well, if you're someone who juggles many different things you want to watch at once, I think I have an idea idea for you that may make it less of a hassle moving forward. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. On tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, going to look at how Jaron Jackson Jr. is doing a great job of finding balance with his offensive game a month into the season, and also how Zaire Williams is continuing to improve despite a limited yet consistent role in the Grizzlies rotation and how the Grizzlies might be able to get revenge as they go against the Toronto Raptors in Toronto on Tuesday night. All that and much more on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So on Sunday, I talked about some different things, some different lineup ideas, some different things that the Grizzlies would really need to do in order to find success without John Morant. And last night provided a very good illustration of exactly what the Grizzlies needed to do. Effective passing, good defense, and dominating in the paint. Those are the three things that the Grizzlies did very well back in early January of last year when John Morant missed eight games due to an ankle sprain. Well, this time around, the Grizzlies got back to doing exactly that last night, and it resulted in a big victory. When I'm talking about passing, look at the first possession of last night's game, and that gives you an idea of what it looks like. I, I don't believe there was a dribble, but Tyus Jones gets the opening tip immediately makes a quick, decisive pass to Steven Adams, who then does a handoff to Desmond Bain, while Adams also screens Desmond Bain's defender, and Desmond Bain has a good look from three. Those type of plays where there's crisp, quick passing, and decisive, you know, there's a decisive scheme that the Grizzlies are executing well, 
That's the type of offensive production and offensive activity this team is going to have without its primary playmaker in John Morant. But last year, when the Grizzlies were without Jaw, they were top five in the league in both passes per game and assists. Without John Morant, the Grizzlies' ability to create on their own, really outside of Dylan Brooks and to an extent of Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton, the Grizzlies just don't have a lot of reliable self-creation without John Morant. So they're going to have to use their elite ability to pass the basketball to set up good offensive opportunities to find high percentage shots on a consistent basis to end offensive possessions. And that's the thing that stood out in the Grizzlies' wins last year without John Moran. In the eight games that Memphis won, and you can actually make it nine since John Morant went down in the third game of the season, but in the eight games that John Morant completely missed last year, the four times that the Grizzlies won without John Morant they had 29 or more assists in those games. Last night, 21st half assists, 30 total assists in another victory. So a big key for the Grizzlies, without the playmaking and self-creation aspect that John Morant provides, they need to rely on quick passing, decisive passing, moving the ball around to find matchups that they can exploit. And if they can consistently do that and get good shots, get high percentage looks from everybody on the team contributing to do that, that will result in performances and quarters like the Grizzlies had offensively last night. But of course, it's not just the offense. It's the defense as well. In the eight games that John Morant missed last season due to his ankle sprain, the Grizzlies were second in the league in defensive rating. And a big reason why was because of how good they were at creating turnovers. Now, it's going to be hard. For this Grizzlies team right now that came into last night's game is arguably the worst defensive team in the league. It's going to be hard for them all of a sudden to become a top 10 defense. However, with the Anthony Melton and Dylan Brooks back, you clearly do see that the Grizzlies still have it in them to be a good defensive team if they needed to. Again, they held the Kings to 9 of 42 from shooting the three last night. And this was even without the Grizzlies really getting, you know, making a big impact on the game when it came to creating turnovers. If the Grizzlies can both force turnovers at a high rate and defend the three well, that will be an absolutely wonderful development for this defense without Jaw in the lineup. But if the Grizzlies can at least do one or the other on a consistent basis, and if they can put together stretches of games where they play above average defense, that is going to significantly improve this team's chances of winning without its best player. So again, I'm not saying that this Grizzlies team is all of a sudden going to be among the best defenses in the league like it was last year. But last night was certainly a great starting point for this team to show it does still have the ability to play a full 48 minutes of effective defense, and it's going to need to do that now more than ever without its best offensive player. But the third thing, of course, is being able to produce in the paint. Now, last year, it was much easier when you had the presence of Jonas Valanciunas getting offensive rebounds, producing in the paint in the half court, so on and so forth. Steven Adams is not that, but Steven Adams' ability to get offensive rebounds simply will put the Grizzlies in a position to have high percentage looks at the rim via him 
or others. But if the Grizzlies can also consistently continue to get to the rim and Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, and D Dylan Brooks are all showing an increased ability to do just that, if the Grizzlies can consistently score 55 to 65 or more paint points in the game, they're creating enough of a base for their offense to build off of that they, if, uh, they also can find some success for three to complement their production in the paint. That'll go a long way to help this Grizzlies team have the off have the consistency on offense that it must have without John Morant. Again, the Grizzlies have been able to get back to their roots, get back to what they are naturally good at, being among the best teams in the league when it comes to second chance points as well as points in the paint. If the Grizzlies can consistently create a big advantage against their opponents' areas, that'll go a long way to help them win games. So without John Morant, just like they did last year, effectively passing the basketball, playing good defense, whether it's forcing turnovers or defending the three, or hopefully more consistently doing both of those things, and the Grizzlies getting back to a team-wide concept of getting into the paint and producing, and then from there, letting that open up good looks from three. If Grizzlies can do those three things consistently, I think that they'll remain competitive more than many people might think without John Morant. But of course, with John Morant in play, the big three for the Grizzlies are Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., and John Morant. But without John Morant, and as we've seen many times this year, the next guy up to be a part of that big trio is Desmond Bain. How Desmond Bain's looking compared to the rest of his peers in his second NBA season, we'll look at that in just a moment. But the thing I'll also tell you is this, is that when it comes to the Grizzlies, it probably is going to be more of an adventure now betting on them than it has been in the past. Because without John Moran, there's a lot more of uncertainty when it comes to the Grizzlies. Well, regardless if it's the Grizzlies or any other sport or team that you enjoy betting on, bet, betonline.ag is your number one source to go to. With the new and improved website via your mobile device or your computer, you can go to betonline.ag and actually put in the promo code locked um, LOCKEDNBA to be able to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's correct. If you put in the promo code locked on, excuse me, not locked in BA, locked on, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus. And you can bet on football, basketball, NHL, even Vegas casino games. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Check out Bet Online today. Obviously, another great thing about watching a Grizzlies game is that they're going to have to rely on many different options to be able to find success without John Moran. But for you, when it comes to wanting a consistent source of a great and healthy snack for your day, you have plenty of options from as well. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Have it in the morning for breakfast, the afternoon as a snack. You can choose from over 18 different flavors if you go to Built.com right now. And if you put in the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Make sure you go to Built.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. So obviously, with John Morant out, Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson Jr. are going to have to be the players that step up and deliver when it comes to offering consistency on offense for the Grizzlies. Of course, I do understand many folks may not necessarily like the idea of Dylan Brooks being the player that takes the most shots without John Morant out, but it also kind of makes logical sense because Dylan Brooks naturally is the player that can get his own shot most consistently of any of the Grizzlies options right now. But while Dylan and Jaron certainly are going to be important to the Grizzlies' 
success. Another player that has consistently stepped up despite some struggles earlier this month is Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain, another night with four or more threes, 18 points, a very good consistent source of scoring to support the Grizzlies' main one or two players. Desmond Bain's performed well in that role all year long, and he had another great performance last night. As a matter of fact, among NBA sophomores, among all NBA players, since the three-point line was introduced during the 1979-1980 season, Desmond Bain is only the ninth player, ninth second-year player since that season, to have 50 or more threes while shooting 38% or better from three through his first 20 games. The reason why that is significant is because it once again shows Desmond Bain is not just one of your, you know, common run-of-the-mill three-point bench snipers. That's not Desmond Bain at all. His production from three, his frequency of shooting the three, along with his accuracy, is something that has been rarely seen over the past several decades in the NBA for a rookie or sophomore player. And the fact that Desmond Bain is doing this while taking on bigger defensive roles, while taking on more offensive responsibilities, is certainly eye-opening. But what also is eye-opening is the fact that Desmond Bain is fifth among NBA sophomores in scoring this season. He also is third in three-point shooting, and he also has been among the best free-throw shooters in the game among NBA sophomores and among NBA players in general this season. I mentioned it earlier in the year. Desmond Bain is turning into a legitimate 50% from the field, 40% from the three, 90% from the line threat. Right now, he stands at 47% from the field, 38% from three, and 91% from the line. But the even bigger thing that stands out and why Desmond Bain's importance is going to absolutely shine now, even more so perhaps than it did with John Morant, is the fact that his true shooting and effective field goal percentage for a player who shoots as many threes as Desmond Bain does, it is very, very impressive how high his true shooting and his effective field goal percentages are when it comes to the type of player that he is last year among rookies that played at least 50 games and averaged 15 or more minutes per game, Desmond Bain was second in true shooting percentage and second in effective field goal percentage. The only rookie that beat him was Xavier Tillman. That's how awesome the Grizzlies' duo of rookies was last year. It's not only the contributions that they made in terms of points, in terms of rebounds, in terms of assists as a whole. It was also the fact that when they were in the game, they consistently contributed to offensive possessions ending with good shots. And that's the thing that stands out about Desmond Bain now. Once again, his true shooting and his effective field goal percentage are among the best of his group. Desmond Bain truly is, in my opinion, clearly becoming a top 10 pick. Now that we're a year past the 2020 draft, I do not think it's a stretch at all to say that Desmond Bain right now is one of the top 10 players in the league from the 2020. But it's not because of the quantity of points that he's scoring. It's not because of the quantity of threes that he's shooting. It's the fact that he is consistently putting up very good numbers when it comes to true shooting and effective field goal percentages that shows that when he is featured on an offensive possession, many of those offensive possessions, as a matter of fact, more often than not, those offensive possessions 
wind up with the right shot or a high percentage shot taken. And for the Grizzlies right now, that's exactly what they need. They have to have as many scenarios where a high percentage shot is taken to end offensive possessions without Morant. And you add Desmond Bain to the intelligent plays of a Dylan Brooks, the improved efficiency of, uh, or excuse me, of a Kyle Anderson, the improved efficiency of a Dylan Brooks, the improved balance of a Jaron Jackson Jr. Those four players together, for instance, along with the Anthony Melton and Brandon Clark and others at times as well, the Grizzlies do have several different lineup variations where they now can honestly say they can consistently find the right shot to take more than they could in the past. But the other key thing that stands out about Desmond Bain, and Taylor Jenkins talked about it in the pregame press conference yesterday, was the fact that Bain is going to be relied upon more in a playmaker's role as well. Taylor Jenkins came right. Desmond Bain is our backup point guard when we need him to be if Tyus Jones is out. And to be honest with you, there are many, there are a few lineup variations for the Grizzlies when it comes to defense, especially that likely are better with Tyus Jones off the court and Desmond Bain on than with both Jones and Bain on. Because Desmond Bain's defensive ability has also stood out this year. He's taken on a lot of tougher responsibilities that have been because he's been in the starting lineup, because Dylan Brooks has been out. And Desmond Bain, I think, certainly has improved defensively. But it's Desmond Bain's playmaking ability that really is going to need to stand out this year so far. When it comes to Desmond Bain and the ability to consistently produce what he needs to do in order to get the right passes made, he's going to have to continue to take good decisions. And so far this year, through 20 games, Desmond Bain has 94 assists and 47 turnovers. That's a two-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. Again, it's not Tyus Jones' level of production. It's not absolutely outstanding, but it at least shows that Desmond Bain can make the right decisions. You're not expecting for him to be a guy that's going to produce five to six to seven assists on a given night, but that turnover, that assist-to-turnover ratio at least indicates that Desmond Bain does have the intellect to be able to make the right decisions when he's going to be called upon to be the primary playmaker on the court for the Grizzlies in short stretches. But the other thing that also really continues to stand out about Desmond Bain, despite his improved scoring ability, despite his overall excellent shooting metrics, obviously his performance from three and his improved ability as a defender and playmaker is his ability as a three-level scorer. Desmond Bain now versus even Desmond Bain at the end of last year, the difference between Desmond Bain being a decisive scorer off the dribble, whether it's creating his own shot from three or getting to the rim, it's a night and day difference. Desmond Bain now is truly a three-level scorer. I'm not saying he's an elite three-level scorer, but he is a confident three-level scorer. Besides Dylan Brooks and John Moran, I don't know if there's a player on the Grizzlies roster who is more confident and plays with more determination and intent. You clearly can see that there is a plan when Desmond Bain puts the ball on the court on offense now. You couldn't always tell that last season. And there's not many players right now on the Grizzlies roster who you truly can tell when they clearly are trying to get their shot to the extent that you can with Desmond Bain. He makes the right decisions of knowing when to get to the rim. He makes the right decisions of knowing how to use um, use his dribbling ability to create space to get a mid-range shot. And he also knows how to use ball fakes, hesitations, whatever have you, to be able to create space on the three-point line 
to get his shots as well. So Desmond Bain as a three-level scorer also has certainly improved. Overall, the main takeaway is Desmond Bain has continued to improve every game almost this season. And the great thing about it is, is that he also has been able to get back to his excellent production like he had at the start of the season, despite the fact he had a bit of a dip in his production early in November. There was a stretch of like four or five games where Desmond Bain was like two of 24 from three, just something nobody really thought of. Desmond Bain himself said he hadn't really had that type of cold stretch since high school with how well he shoots the three. But the fact that Desmond Bain was able to overcome that and get back on track to where now he truly is a reliable part of the Grizzlies offense is a wonderful sight to see. So Desmond Bain standing out now, in my opinion, as a clear top 10 talent right now from the 2020 draft and the improvement in his overall scoring ability, playmaking ability, and defense is what makes it exciting to see Desmond Bain developed. I asked at the first of this season, as well as many others did, what Grizzlies player, besides Jaw, Jaron, and Dylan, what Grizzlies player's development was most important to keeping the Grizzlies' future as bright as possible? The overwhelming answer was Desmond Bain. A fourth of the way through the season, we're getting that development, in my opinion, to a level that not many could have predicted in a positive way, and it certainly is great to see. And now more than ever, Desmond Bain's offensive production and his three-point shooting plus playmaking are going to be more critical than ever, and you have to feel confident that he'll deliver more often than not with how well he is playing. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. We'll be back with you tomorrow discussing Jaron Jackson Jr.'s month of November, Zaire Williams' continued improvement, and previewing how the Grizzlies might get a bit of revenge against the Toronto Raptors. Hope you have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.